Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 2. We're going to be reading out of John chapter 2 and verse 1. We'll be reading uh, verses 1 through 11. And it reads as this. The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem. Jesus is a little feisty right here. I'm not going to lie. I love my mom. If I said that to my mom, she would backhand me and say, now you got a bigger problem, but we'll keep going. Dear woman, he says, at least she's kind of nice. Dear woman, comma, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. And each could hold about 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, Jesus said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you, everybody say you, you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. Somebody say glory. And his disciples believed in him. If you're taking notes tonight, I just want to speak to you from the topic of fill your jar. God, we love you. Thank you so much for tonight, God. Thank you for worship. Thank you for everything that you're doing in this church, God. Everything that you've done today, God. All the hundreds and hundreds of students we got to pray over and everybody that's in the school system, Father God. I just pray, um, God, that as I speak, Lord, that you would speak through me. Truth is, there's nothing special about me, but there is so many things that are special about you. And so, God, I just pray that I would step out of the way. Holy Spirit, you step in and do whatever you want to do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I think back to my high school days, and uh, I think back to all the high school dances. You remember the high school dances when you were in, in high school, and, and, and all the money that it cost to go to the dances, and that you would rent a suit or a tux that you would only wear one time if it fit right, you know what I'm saying? And then you'd have to pay for pictures, and then you're going to go to some expensive restaurant, you can't pronounce half the things on the menu, and all these different things. Well, Brooke and I, we were uh, she, was, she was going to Parkview. I was at Santa Mall at the time. Uh, how a gator scored an eagle, I don't know, but we'll just leave it at that. Um, but we were going to prom, uh, her prom that night, and I'd woke up, it was Saturday morning, and I had, I'd honestly, I had not prepared for this day or this night at all. And I go to my dad, I said, Dad, uh, I don't have any money for tonight, I need your help. And uh, he just kind of looked at me. And I said, no, Dad, for real, I need some money for tonight. Can you help me out? He said, yeah. It's about 8 in the morning. He said, okay, so I need you to wash your mom's car. I need you to wash my truck. And I need you to wash your sister's car. And then I need you to pull some of the weeds in the flower beds, and then I'll give you some money. 
I'm like, Dad, it's like, it's like 8 a.m., man. Like, I've got pictures. we got to be at her house for two. He's like, looks like you better get washing, right? I'm like, yes, sir, good old Italian man, right? So I start washing the cars, and I wash my sister's car, which I could care less. I just kind of sprayed it down. I was like, she don't take care of it anyway. Scoot out the way. Then I got Miles' minivan, which those things have windows for days, and I wash the minivan, and then I grab Dad's truck, and by this time, it's 11, 12 o'clock, and I'm tired, and I'm wore out, and I'm, I'm getting down there, and I'm on the tundra, and I'm washing all the floorboards and all these things, and I'm washing it, and I kind of look back, and I see my dad looking at me through the window, and I'm like, this is a little strange. <laughs> so I'm kind of washing them, and he comes outside, and he says, son, I noticed that you're kind of, uh, you're kind of skipping some of these dirt spots around the tire wells. And I just, I'm down there, and I'm washing, and I, I look up at him, and I say, yeah. He goes, I'm going to need you to hit all those, make sure you clean them. And I just stand up as a young, arrogant, prideful, immature 17-year-old young man, and I said, Dad, is anything I ever do good enough for you? And he just takes his two round and chubby Italian fingers and just plants them right there in my sternum, and it felt like somebody took a hammer and just bam, and I was like, <gasps> and he was like, no, it's not today. It's not good enough. Get down there and wash my truck. And I was like, okay, Dad, okay. But I say that to say this, is sometimes I feel like we have the same perspective on our relationship with God. That we go through life and we ask ourselves, God, is this good enough? Am I good enough? Is everything that I'm doing, does it please you? And we go through our workplace, our homes, our schools, our, our friendships, and we ask God the question, is this good enough? When the reality is, is a lot of times we come up short. And we put expectations upon ourselves. How many place some unhealthy expectations upon your life? And, and we rarely ever meet them, and we come up short, and then we feel like we're less of a child of God because we did not meet the expectations that we put on ourselves, although he never placed those expectations upon us. And when I think about going back to school, and I think about maybe even the work environment that you go to every single day, the truth is, is you are there for more than a paycheck. Students, you are there for more than also a piece of paper or a diploma. You are there to make a difference. You are there to stand up. You are there to share Jesus with whoever is in your sphere of influence. And so you ask yourself, how do I change the real estate that God has placed me in? How do I change the people that, are, that is in my circle of friends? It's simply this, is this one point tonight. Offer Jesus what you have, and he will give you what you need. Offer Jesus what you have, and he will give you what you need. I believe too often we have a, a false focus on ourselves. We focus a lot on what we don't have, the gifts you may not have, or the opportunities that you don't get, or, or maybe you haven't reached the goal that you set out to accomplish, or you haven't received the recognition that you were hoping for. Or maybe it's not just what you don't have, maybe it's also everything that you're not. Because I don't know about you, but every time I look on social media, the devil works his way in and reminds me everything that I'm not. That maybe I'm not as outgoing as some other people. Or maybe you don't feel as courageous as the person sitting next to you. Or, or maybe you're not healed yet. Or maybe you didn't have the same upbringing as someone else. Therefore, you don't have the same opportunities as someone else. So you look at everything that you're not. And we focus on who we are not and everything that we can't do instead of everything that God has called us to be and everything he has called us to do. If you just offer Jesus what you have, he will give you what you need. I think back to this story in the Bible in John chapter 2, and I think about 
this story because Jesus is here at a wedding with his mom. And I, I've gone to a few weddings with my parents and they usually take over the dance floor and start jitterbugging or whatever it is. And I'm like, oh, Brooke, let's go. You know, like, uh, it's kind of. He's at a wedding with his mom and his mom comes to him and points out the problem in his life. But I love the fact that she doesn't bring this problem to anybody at the wedding. She brings it not to someone who can solve the solution, not to someone who can think of a solution, but to someone who is the solution. And she brings this problem to Jesus and says, we've ran out of wine. And he says, dear woman, that's not our problem. <laughs> and we all know that he tells the, the servants to get the six jars and to fill them with water and then to bring them to the master of ceremonies, a.k.a. the person over the wedding, the leader of this party. And somewhere in between the water filling and the tasting that was in the jar, there was a miracle that took place. I love that Jesus' mom didn't talk about the problem to other people. I love that she didn't post about it on Instagram. I love that she didn't have a rant on Facebook. I think we live in a world where we post too much instead of pray not enough. Where we're quick to call someone and talk about our problems or talk about so-and-so's problems, but we don't reach out to that friend and say, hey, I know you have this issue. Can I pray with you? And, and, and the problem is we're surrounded by people who have problems and we forget that we have problems. See, the solution, Jesus is not just for the person next to us, but it's for us as well. And God wants to use you wherever you're at. Because we're all going to go to sleep tonight. We're going to wake up tomorrow morning. Some of us will go to school. Some of us will go to um, a workplace. Some of us who are super blessed are going to be able to sleep in. We're all going to go somewhere tomorrow. And you're going to be around someone, I guarantee you, you are going to come in contact with someone who does not know Jesus. I think Pastor Mike is an incredible communicator. But let me tell you something. It's not his responsibility to go to your school campus. People don't always need sermons to listen to. People actually need a lifestyle that's worthy of looking at. And to look at your life and say, I don't have it all together, but I can bring you to the solution. I know the problem that you're going through. I've had the same problem as well. I'm not beyond it. And as a matter of fact, sometimes I still feel beneath it, but I know Jesus is bringing me up. Don't forget everybody around you has a problem, including yourself. It's not your description. It's not your job to come up with the solution. It's just to bring people to him. I think there's two things that keep us from being used by Jesus. I think, one, it's what people say about us, that we focus on everything that people say about me and about you. You know, they have people who seem like they are professionals at telling other people everything that they're not and all the problems that they have. In that moment, don't focus on everything that you're not. Focus on everything that God is. In that moment, don't magnify their voice. Magnify his voice. In that moment, they may be trying to bring out some things from your past. Remind them where you are headed. Don't listen to what other people tell you. I think the second thing that sometimes keeps us from being used by Jesus is our failures. And this is actually, for some of us, as soon as I said failures, you thought of an instant in your life or a moment in your life where you messed up, where you didn't have it all together. And we try to step out and do something for God, yet the enemy uses our failures as a stepping stone to keep us planted. 
But instead, I'm encouraging you, I'm challenging you to use your failures as a stepping stone, not to be reminded of your past, but to be reminded of his past. That Jesus died on the cross for me and he died on the cross for you. Your failures do not have to be attached to your future. You can step forward and know that if you just offer Jesus what you have, he will give you everything that you need. Come on, let's give God a hand clap. I don't know about you, but I go to weddings for one reason. There's only really one reason I like to go to weddings. Does anybody know that reason? The food, it's it. That is the only reason. I love going to weddings simply for the food. I will cancel plans or commitments that I have before if I know the venue that we're headed to has amazing food. Brooke's like, Paul, we had a double date with that couple. I'm like, yeah, but this meal's free and it's good. And I love going to weddings for the food. And there's, there's places you go to and, and you kind of look at the buffet and you're like, ah, pasta, pasta, pasta. But then there's some places you go to and they have the carving station. <sighs> Jesus is at the carving station. That's a series we're starting next weekend. Just kidding, we're not starting that series. And I went to this wedding one time for my cousin at White Oak Plantation. And that place has some good food. And I went to this little, this little bar where they had all these different foods laid out. And I looked at this one little section. I said, sir, what is that? He said, that's, that's bacon dipped in dark chocolate. I said, are you serious? Don't get excited. My voice gets high. I was like, for real? He's like, yeah, man. I'm like. Load me up. He's like, you really aren't supposed to grab one or two. I said, you're really not supposed to tell me how I'm supposed to grab. But just get some on a plate. I probably ate 10 pieces of bacon covered in dark. Y'all was hurting so bad. I love going to weddings for the food. Some of you are like, no, it's for the dress. No, it's not. No, it's not. Oh, it's to see two people become one. Nope, nope. They want you to leave, trust me, immediately. That, just take that upon your own consideration. Just from experience. <laughs> But I go to weddings for the food. And Jesus is at this wedding, and his mom notices a problem. She brings it to him, and she tells the servants, just do whatever he tells you to do. What I love about this story is that Jesus himself is patient in the process. There is people you've been trying to tell about Jesus and you're getting frustrated. Be patient. Jesus was patient with you. There are people in your life that led you to Christ. Guess what? They prayed for you for years. Be patient with them. Do not give up on them. I love this because the servants only had water, but all they needed was water. The absence of the wine made a way for the presence of Jesus. The absence of who you are not makes a way for the presence of who Jesus is. So is it okay that you're not enough, that I'm not enough? Yes, it is. Is it okay that you don't have it all together? Yeah, it's okay. Is it okay that all the areas of your life that are, you wish they were at another level and they're not and you're still lacking in a few areas of your life? Yes, that is okay. Because it's not about everything that you are sometimes. Sometimes it's about everything that you're not. And in the lacking, you can see God's abundance. In the areas where you see less, he makes a way for him to be more. Offer what you have and Jesus will give you all that you need. And I think about this story and I think about it says six jars and I've got six cups right here. And 
sometimes we go through life and, and, we, and we focus on different things. Well, God, I don't have a lot to offer. Have you ever felt like that? I have felt like that. Before I stepped on this stage, I sent my wife, I know Pastor Mike, you don't like emojis. I sent my wife a bunch of like nervous emojis. She was like, babe, you got it, it's not about you. I was like, thanks for the encouragement. <laughs> but the truth is, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. When you step onto your school campus, it's not about you, it's about Jesus. When you clock in tomorrow morning, it's not about what you can offer, it's about what he can offer. So you may say, Paul, I'm only a sixth grader. Well, put that in your jar. That's all you have to offer. Well, Paul, I'm at a college campus and there's like 20,000 students and I don't know how I could ever change the campus. It's not your responsibility to necessarily change the campus. It's your responsibility just to simply fill the jar. Well, Paul, I'm working at a place where I don't really like to work at. I'm not at the job I want to be. Man, just fill your jar. That's, only, that's the only responsibility that you have is to fill your jar. And think about people, a lot of times, I had a guy tell me the other day, Paul, you can talk to Jesus in a way that I can't. I was like, are you saved? He was like, yeah. I was like, it's the even playing field, bro. He's like, but you're a pastor. I was like, before I was ever a pastor, <laughs> I am a sinner. <laughs> and I need Jesus. You may, feel, you may not feel like you have a bunch of biblical knowledge. There are people who are Bible experts but have no relationship with Jesus. All you have to do is take what you have and fill your jar. You may not be where you want to be, but just fill your jar. You may not be doing the things that you want to do right now in this season of your life. Take whatever you have and fill your jar. Because at the end of the day, all you have to do is offer the water unto Jesus. All you have to do is offer a heart that says, God, I'm hungry for more of you. And somewhere in the transition, somewhere in the process, he turns your water into wine. That's not wine, but he will do a miracle in your life. It's not your job to perform the miracle. It is your job to lean upon the one who can do the miracle. Offer Jesus what you have and he will give you everything that you need. For me and for you, there is nothing special about what we do. There's something special about who we worship. At the end of the day, Paul Musso is not enough. Check this out. At the end of the day, for me to be the best husband I can be, I'm not enough. To be the best father, I'm still not enough. To be the best youth pastor, I'm still not enough. I have to offer my water unto Jesus and he turn it into, turn it into wine because I'm just offering him everything that I can because he knows the areas that I'm lacking. He created me that way. I remember when my son was one and a half years old and Brooke was studying for her master's and Eli and I would go around the neighborhood and we would, we would go to the park and we would just walk around the neighborhood and he loved to pick up leaves and take sticks and hit me with them. And, and one day we got to, to back to our house and I was throwing them up in the air and I was, I was tossing up in the air and I thought, man, I wonder how high I'm tossing them. So I took my phone, I don't know if you've ever done this, probably not because you're not psycho, but I took my phone, I put it on the fence post, and I hit record on the video, and I took my, and I threw them up, and I caught them, and then I watched the video, and I thought, I can throw them higher. <laughs> I put it back on the fence post, I recorded it again, I tossed them up, caught them, and the whole time as I'm tossing up, he's looking at me, never looking to the right or to the left, just looking at me, and I grabbed my phone, and I said, man. Brooks inside, I think I can throw him higher. <laughs> Put my phone back on the post. I take my, my son, my precious son, my only son. I take him and I throw him up. 
and he's looking dead at me. And as he comes down, he slips through my hands. But actually, that did not happen. Because what good father would ever let their son or their daughter fall through their hands? Stepping out for God a lot of times feels like free falling because you don't know the outcome, you're not in control, and you can't be sure of what may happen on the other side of a conversation. But if you would just look your father in the eyes and step out for him and offer everything that you have, he will give you everything that you need. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.